This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of a basement in Bethesda, bordering Town, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Bethesda, America's piss puddle on the bathroom tile. Yes, the dog sitting continues. Little little dog Ella is starting to warm up to Sam. By warm up, I mean not constantly barking at you anymore. Only uh, irregularly barking at me rather than constant. Let's uh, start things off with a bit of uh, corporate embarrassment. Continuing the corporate embarrassment beat, WeWork is just hilariously tanking in front of everyone. The uh, it was supposed to do its IPO, its initial public offering of stock, claiming somehow that it was worth forty-seven billion dollars. People started asking questions. People brought up the fact that its CEO a few years ago said that its company wasn't even worth twenty million, twenty billion dollars. And now the news is that the IPO is being delayed. First, it was until next month. That was, I think, what the Wall Street Journal was saying. Now, the New York Times is saying it will be uh, delayed indefinitely and may not happen at all. It was pretty uh, downbeat on the prospects of it happening in the next month or two. So, uh, more embarrassment. I think Reuters said that WeWork was actually worth between... Uh, or or now is estimating it's worth between ten and twelve billion dollars. Mm. So <laughs> I'm not sure how you get from forty seven billion to twelve billion. Well, uh, considering that the company loses like two hundred and twenty thousand dollars every single day, I'd say that valuation is about twelve billion dollars too high. Yeah, I'm and I, now I'm wondering where that twelve billion even comes from and. <laughs> It just seems like this place is a black hole for money. And yet it's the CEO, Adam Newman, just keeps on fucking growing his net wealth. Yeah. Yeah. What a fucking con. On the other side, the UAW strike continues into its second day. And there's a healthcare worker strike on the horizon, too. Unions repping 80,000 Kaiser Permanente Healthcare workers, mostly nurses, not really doctors, announced a week-long strike starting next month, October 14th. This is over a uh, contract dispute. They haven't had a new contract in over a year. This would be the biggest strike since 1997 when uh, postal workers went on strike. Going to get to the newscast here in just a second. Just a reminder, we've got a Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. If you're a regular listener of the show, and you want to make sure you catch all the content we put out, and you also want to get your own personalized haiku from the two Sams, go ahead and subscribe, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. It's Tuesday, September 17th, 2019. Here's the news. Transportation Secretary Elaine Chow has a new homework assignment. Before the end of the month, she has to respond to questions and a documents request from the House Oversight Committee, as part of a probe that she's involved in corruption. The allegations are related to a shipping company owned by Chow's father and sisters, the Foremost Group. What a 
<laughs> sounds like a very yeah evil evil corporation in a video game very uh, normal name there the foremost group <laughs> in a letter to the transportation secretary oversight democrats elijah cummings and raju krishnamurti accuse chow of using her official position to boost her family's company the missive cites prior reporting from the new york times and politico detailing a number of shady incidents and dealings this includes very obviously unethical things like regularly appearing on Chinese media for interviews with her father there right next to her, the businessman, and praising him like she's pitching him for potential investors. And in many cases, the Department of Transportation official seal was right there in the background on camera. They, they could argue to a judge that they had to do this for their shareholders because they were called the foremost group. <laughs> <laughs> well, because this is especially problematic because the foremost group operates a fleet of ships that ship materials back and forth between the U.S. and China. And as the letter to Chow notes, the Chinese government has since extended hundreds of millions of dollars in low interest loans to the foremost group for purchase of foreign flag ships. Look, this just this makes sense. If you want an exemption to Trump's tariffs. You just send your stuff through the foremost group, and <laughs> chances are it's going to get that exemption. Yeah, the company operates an entirely foreign-flagged fleet, and the lawmakers press Chow on several decisions she's made to disadvantage U.S. flagships, including cutting funding to maritime security programs and cutting funding to domestic shipyards and shipbuilders. It got so obvious that back in October 2017, the department had to cancel a planned trip Chow was making to China. It got so obvious that back in October 2017, the department had to cancel a planned trip Chow was making to China because she was trying to bring her family with her. And ethics officials were just like, seriously? No, you can't do this. Chow is again arguing that because of the name, the foremost group that requires her by literally by maritime law, <laughs> Here's another name for you. The committee also wants to know why Chow didn't divest from Vulcan Minerals. <laughs> Vulcan Minerals, which receives a lot of its business from the Department of Transportation. Chow served on Vulcan's board for two years before becoming secretary and is set to receive deferred stock in the company Vulcan Minerals. <laughs> Lawmakers are asking for all communications between Chow or transportation department officials and Chow's family or current officials and former officials at both the Foremost Group and Vulcan Minerals between January 20, 2017 and now. So, I don't know, we've seen Trump secretaries have a rather short shelf life when they get into controversy. There's a long list of them who've been shit-canned. We'll finally get an answer to whether or not Mitch McConnell is a wife guy when Trump, just to exercise his power, shit-cans Elaine Chow and holds it over Mitch. I could see that happening. I'm not convinced that happens because yeah. why Trump doesn't give a shit about this stuff. He's doing this stuff himself, and Elaine Chow gives him connections both to Mitch McConnell in the People's Republic of China. So, so yeah, Trump is pulled in two different ways. Yes, there's the corporate interest that Elaine Chow is delivering on 
on behalf of the administration for, I guess, mainly her family's company, but I'm sure a lot of other uh, people as well, business businesses as well. Um, at the same time, Trump really does like to fire people and exercise his control and kind of like peacock around well, Capitol Hill, which this would be the ultimate peacock move. I guess, but you're, you're talking... I fired about, your wife, Mitch. Yeah, but he... he we're talking about a guy who has hired his own daughter and son-in-law, and neither of them are very impressive. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure he wants to make an enemy out of Mitch McConnell like this over this when, I don't know. Maybe we'll place a bet on this. Maybe we will place a bet we'll, on this. We'll discuss it later. The Senate looks set to approve a CEO as ambassador to the United Arab Emirates. John Ricolta Jr., current head of Wallbridge, already cleared a procedural vote yesterday. Wallbridge. Wallbridge is a uh, construction firm, for the record. Cloture was invoked by a vote of 55 to 27. 11 members of the Democratic caucus voted yes. Coons, Hassan, Jones, King, Manchin, Murphy, Peters, Shaheen, Cinema, Stabenow, and Tester. Stabenow and Peters, should be noted, uh, are from Michigan, where Ricolta Jr. is from. And uh, Murphy, he's supposed to be one of the woker Democratic senators, so not sure why he voted yes here. Coons is a piece of shit. Second, second appearance, appearance of the week. Yeah. After he yesterday said, I don't know, maybe we should go to war with Iran over Saudi Arabian oil. Went on Fox News to say it. Went on Fox News to say it. Canceled. <laughs> Ricolta's primary qualification for being ambassador to the UAE appears to be the fact that he's led a major company, construction one, as I noted. And uh, the position, by the way, he inherited from his father, former Walbridge CEO John Ricolta Sr. He's got it in his blood. He's just he's qualified to run a big organization. He's just got it in his blood. Ricol you were destined to head... Wallbridge. Wallbridge, and then become ambassador to the United Arab Emirates. And uh, funny enough, Ricolta Jr. is also qualified because he's raised a lot of money for the Republican Party. <laughs> he helped raise cash for Mitt Romney, uh, George W. Bush, a.k.a. the Butcher of Iraq, Rick Snyder, a.k.a. the Butcher of Flint. Ricolta also got in on that Trump train in 2016, uh, albeit this was after the GOP primary. He wasn't one of the extremely ghoulish earlier supporters. Yeah, I'd say all his uh, fundraising is listed at the top of his resume right above the whole Wallbridge. Wallbridge. So. He's, got, he's got two major uh, boxes checked for being a uh, powerful Republican guy. He His dad was a powerful guy, and he also... Uh, raises money for the Republican Party. So <laughs> he's got it all covered. Now, it is actually relatively routine for fundraisers to be given cushy ambassador jobs or just straight-up donors, not even fundraisers. Uh, but this is normally done for positions that don't really matter all that much, like ambassador to Iceland. The Detroit News reported that this is the first time the top U.S. envoy to the UAE will be a political choice and not a career foreign service position. It noted also that Ricolta gave Trump's inauguration committee a quarter of a million dollars 
and that his family donated a little more than the same amount to his election campaign. The UAE, of course, is a key member of the Saudi-led invasion of Yemen that has killed tens of thousands of civilians since 2015. Now more than ever, I guess, it needs a, uh, a political donor, a rich guy, a fundraiser to be uh, the U.S. ambassador to that country. Next up, last week we played for you a hot mic moment capturing Democratic Senator Dick Durbin pleading with Republican Richard Shelby to get Mitch McConnell involved to stop the president from illegally transferring Pentagon funds to build his border wall. That's funny. Democrats still think McConnell might work with them. And operating under this belief, Democrats did nothing to block advancement of the nearly $700 billion defense spending bill when it was considered in subcommittee. Then they did next to nothing when it was considered last week in the full appropriations committee. And today, Mitch McConnell announced he would bring the defense spending bill to the floor for a full vote in the Senate this week. Instead of the good faith reach out on the issue of Trump's illegal transfers, as Democrats like Dick Durbin hoped for, McConnell is plowing ahead and mocking Democrats, saying from the floor today, quote, some of our Democratic colleagues have determined they would rather stage a political fight with President Trump than secure the resources that our uniformed commanders need to do their jobs, end quote. Well, Democrats uh, can indeed stop this whole thing right now. The bill needs 60 votes. The problem is, though, Democrats, and this is something McConnell kind of alluded to in his statement, Democrats really like the bill. They like all the defense spending, the expansion of the U.S. military, the new ships, the F-35s. And as we heard from Durbin, it would really pain them to kill it because of these border wall transfers. So... We'll see what they do as this bill moves forward in the next few days. There is a backstop because the House is considering the same bill with restrictions on Trump's transfers, which will then be conferenced with the Senate version, which could just be a new opportunity for Democrats to cave again. Speaking of caving, in a couple weeks, the government runs out of money absent uh, these spending bills Um, Democrats are already working to pass a short-term spending resolution to keep the government open till November, I believe. Even if the Democrats in the Senate uh, don't get the changes on this iteration, and even if the changes come through in conference or something, they should still obviously kill this to eat up time. Yeah. Mitch McConnell has only so many days between now and... And the next Congress, when who knows who will be in the White House and who knows will be in charge of Congress. And they should be trying to fucking eat up the clock as much as possible. I don't expect Dick Durbin. Oh, sorry, Richard Shelby, about all this hardship I'm causing you to uh, to want to do that. But who knows? Finally, also, who knows how safe airport security procedures actually keep us. But one set of people, the system is definitely failing. Airport and airline service workers. Today, the Government Accountability Office released a survey of about 100 airport service agents, and the sample size is admittedly small, but 1 in 10 reported being physically assaulted in the past year by angry passengers. Half of them said they'd been verbally threatened at one point, too. 
industry stakeholders explained the trend to GAO, saying, quote, alcohol consumption, frustration over airlines' business practices, e.g. fees for checked or carry-on baggage, and long lines can contribute to these incidents. I fucking hate flying, but I'm not going to punch a service agent no, over it. No, of course not. And alcohol, maybe, sure, maybe a bit. I don't doubt there are definitely a few incidents where some drunk asshole is... Uh, verbally threatening or assaulting as an airline ticket agent or whatever yeah. or or gate agent but look it's definitely because of the long lines and the business practices okay <laughs> we've all staggered through airports drunk before it's not the alcohol the study was ordered by congress as part of the FAA reauthorization act of 2018 if i'm not mistaken this was being done after if I'm not mistaken, this was done after some assholes went viral assaulting flight attendants. I think that's, uh, that was the case. We probably talked about it on this show. I can't remember. There are gaping holes in my brain and every terrible thing. Don't seems look at like, me. Every terrible thing seems like it happened 48 hours ago. So <laughs> that, that's what I'm working with today. The vast majority of those interviewed by GAO said that existing laws can deal with airport and airline assault. One prosecutor noted, however, quote, the transitory nature of airports makes it difficult to get witnesses to testify at trial. I mean, the last thing anyone wants to do after getting off a plane is cooperate with a prosecutor. Yeah, never cooperate with a prosecutor. Also, just never fly. Let's all just stop flying. We need more trains, obviously. More trains. I'd say just drive, but driving's bad as well. Driving's also bad. Um, but flying sucks. Flying sucks. Flying is the worst. They're, but also don't assault uh, airline people. Don't, don't assault don't, workers. Don't do that. What, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you can assault stand-up comedians, but not workers. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm also wondering, because uh, they interviewed um, industry stakeholders, et cetera, obviously. I'm wondering how many executives are like, well... If we make this line extra long, it, it could save us some money, but also it might raise the risk of one of our gate attendants being punched. They I'm, don't I'm, I'm sure they it. fucking calculate it and they're they're just like... I don't think they're even considering the second part. Yeah. It, hey, if they get punched, they can sue the passenger. It's on them. That's the newscast. Thank you Bleak. for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you're not a subscriber yet, check it out. Patreon.com slash district. Sentinel. If you are an airline executive, go to a fucking remote farm, take a long look at your life, repent, uh, maybe treat some malnourished animals to uh, try to somehow seek redemption, but please stop continuing to be an airline executive. That shit is not okay. We'll be back tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.